Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. What is up, everybody? How's your week? Nate, Abe? Good. It's uh, Wednesday, and uh, I don't know. I've been, I switched my days off, you know, from Monday, or from Friday to Monday. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. I'm still not knowing if I'm liking it or not. Mm. I have to figure that out. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of have a broken up weekend now. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know if my mind can get around that yet. I do know a lot of pastors that take off Monday, though. So, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not, like, crazy. I'm still trying it to see if it'll work. Sure. <laughs> Abe? Oh, I'm doing solid. Student movie night tonight. I'm ready to go. I can't leak what movie it is, uh, even though I don't think any students listen to this. But That's right, true. <laughs> but they need to. But they should. Um, yeah, because we're the best. Night. Student movie night. Wow. Yeah, we're the best. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna have snacks and stuff too. Oh, uh, we're gonna have food. We're gonna have pizza rolls. Man, I shouldn't Ooh. be saying this either. We're gonna have pizza rolls. We're gonna have a bunch of cut, uh, custom dips. Nice. Tostinos. Uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. Tostinos. Yeah. Uh, Tostinos. I think. Yeah, that's my wife's favorite oh, frozen I pizza. Like this. It's cardboard. It's garbage. I can't believe she oh, likes man, it. Dude, that's disrespectful. Are <laughs> those Tostinos like uh, little pizzas? You know, yeah, the I square know, yeah. ones. Well, oh, we were gonna, we were gonna go with uh, all day like long. pizza bagels or whatever, mm. um, like pizza bites. But we decided to go pizza rolls. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, anyway, we want to uh, thank all of our listeners for jumping in and joining the podcast today. Uh, we're gonna get going, dive deep into Acts two. But before we do that, um, we just want to remind you guys uh, that you can listen to our podcast anywhere that you get your podcast from, not just the current platform that you're using. And uh, whatever platform that you are on, hey, give us a subscription, um, give us likes, you know, stars on whatever platform that it is. If you guys like this content, if you guys want to hear more, if you guys want to help keep Beyond the Row going for the row. There's there, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> going for the row? No. Or a row, like, row, row, row in the boat? Yeah, hey. something like that. Keep Go the ship sailing because we've of a got joke a row. Next week, yeah. Hey, give, you know, eight ninety five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. But um, and and also too, write on there. Give us a review. Give us a comment. Give us something because all that interaction and traffic helps people find this channel, yep. and it helps uh, get more people listening. So that's it for that. Nate, do you have any reminders coming up? Yeah, on Mother's Day, um, which is what one, two, three Sundays from so two and a half weeks, um, which we all love our mothers. Um, well, at least I hope so. Anyways, I uh, that's our also de- child dedication Sunday, and it is. Um, so if uh, you're ready or know people are ready who are ready to dedicate their child to the Lord, that's really what that Sunday is all about. It's basically saying that we as a church are going to come alongside you and parents, you know, that you're going to raise your children to know Jesus um, and to follow Jesus. And so um, that's really what that Sunday is about. Also, on Mother's Day, we're going to bless all the mothers though that are part of Avenue. And uh, with a lemonade bar, and that's yeah. just for mothers. Mm-hmm. Like this is exclusive for exclusive. the moms that listen to this podcast. I don't think anyone else. I don't think we've <laughs> that would be that. awesome. <laughs> don't tell your friends; they have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you get like, oh shoot, we got to listen to that. Yeah, so Liz, that's what Mother's Day is. Liz all about. promised the congregation an open bar for Mother's Day. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. An open bar. Oh my! Oh, Easter wife. Sunday too is yeah. uh, you know not we, shying away from anything. Yeah, that girl. <laughs> 
Eight space up there is like, oh, oh no. Shoot. Yeah. But yeah, that's what that's really what's coming up. So we're really excited uh, yes. for Mother's Day. And that's not all. There, there, there's so many more things going on. You guys will have to check our app to see all of the stuff coming up this summer. We're going to be constantly filling that thing out with more and more things. Yep. June, July, August, our birthday in September. There's so much going on. I mean, literally, summers are restless. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So we encourage all of our listeners to jump on in and be a part of that. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Acts... Two, chapter two, Nate. Yeah, so um, this was the moment that the church was um, really born. It's the it's the single moment in history that we are all sitting here talking on here, a part of a church. You know, um, uh, you can argue that it was this moment in history that began um, transforming lives. Uh, forever, like, uh, and, and what I'm talking about is, um, I, I think one of the struggles I've seen throughout our culture and others, um, this is this is kind of on the side, this is kind of like extra, um, that, you know, many people like, oh, well, the Bible puts down women and children. Actually, if you read it correctly, um, it is the single greatest document or documents put together to make sure that women and children. Um, and even quote-unquote servants um, are put back to kind of equality with men. Uh, God did that on purpose. Like when he created us, we were created as equals, mm-hmm. uh, men and women. Yeah, does he have positions for men and women? Of course he does. Um, that's why men can't be women, women can't be men. <laughs> Shout out to our culture right now. But um, I definitely thought that was possible. Yeah, right. I, I never dreamt of what was going on right now. And... Um, but the reality is, is like there was this thing called the year of Jubilee. Every seven years, so if you were a servant, you were not quote unquote considered a slave that we think in terms of slaves, that you actually worked for somebody and then your debts were forgiven after seven years. Mm-hmm. They had to practice that. I mean, this is how much God cares about people um, because he knows how failed and broken we are. Yeah. Um, women and children, at any time in history over the last 2,000 years, a society that um, grew strong was a society that elevated women and children. Uh, anytime that you see a society who um, sees women and children as second, third, uh, third class citizens are, are um, cultures and societies that are typically more poor um, and um, I don't know what the word is. Um, there's a lot of more. There's a lot more war, and there's a lot more um, like unrest. anarchy and unrest. But societies that elevate women and children um, are, in a sense, because of biblical understandings of how we are to treat each other. I mean, it's just it's fascinating. So this moment in history, when um, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and the and three thousand people came to Christ that day, mm-hmm. um, and started following Jesus that day, was the moment in history. Um, that God, in a sense, is turning the world upside down. Like, yeah. So that's when you get into, like, you read historical documents like Rome. Rome is fascinating because they would never tr- take care of the outcasts of society and the and poor and the sick especially. Yeah. And um, they would find babies and um, people with disabilities on the sides of roads to die, and Christians would grab them, in a sense, you know, not like steal them, but because they had been there, they would grab them, take them, and take care of them. Um uh, throughout throughout history, throughout the um, the times of like the, uh, during Europe during the bubonic plagues that the whole world kind of experienced this plague, it was the church that hospitals. Rose, yeah, 
that rose to the occasion. Uh, hospitals, this is a good point too, hospitals were formed because of mm-hmm. Christianity. Yeah. I mean, it was just this moment transformed the world forever. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't think that and they don't know their history, but without the church, we wouldn't be where we are today without it. Um, yeah. And non-Christians are extremely benefiting because of the church was born 2,000 years ago today. I mean, the United States alone, we're a country because of the church, because mm-hmm. we walked away from uh, the goal, the reason the pilgrims left and mm-hmm. uh, walked away from Europe. And spilt the tea. And spilt <laughs> the tea was to, it was to have religious freedoms, to hmm. actually practice our faith without a king telling us what we can and cannot do. I did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how the United States was formed. Now, nobody wants to agree with that, you know, especially on, the, on um, uh, a, a non-Christian... One side, one side of the aisle would yeah. definitely not agree yeah, yeah. with that. Yeah, and so, but all the historical documents and information that we have suggest otherwise, and not just the United States, but others along as well. Yeah. And so um, it's just fascinating to me how much this moment has transformed the world forever. The resurrection, obviously, was the foundation of that, but this was the moment that transition the world i i talked a lot about that moment but mm-hmm. like that's this is this is the greatest in my opinion outside the resurrection and the creation the greatest moment in yeah. the world it's funny because you know if you were just you know maybe new to your faith or just starting out and you're just sat down and open up your bible and just started reading acts it'd be easy to miss that oh for sure it'd be easy to miss all the um I, I don't know what I want to say. Maybe the snowball effect of what this was turning out to be. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. Well, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I wrote this down. I was curious, like, what's your... This is this is Peter's moment, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and, I, again, I love the idea that... I think this is my struggle with people who see Christianity as a religion. Um Instead of understanding that this is a faith, this is a lifestyle, this is not, I don't have to do something in order for a God to like me or to love me. Like, that God loved me before I can even react to anything, or Mm -hmm. even have a faith system or a belief system, that God in His divine nature died for me while I was still a sinner, right? Yeah. Um, And I think the beautiful picture is... uh, um, Th- that Peter, uh, I mean, multiple times, um, uh, probably looked at what would Jesus as the Messiah is like. He's gonna, they're gonna, he's gonna conquer Rome, and the Israelites are gonna be put back. Um, like many of the Jews did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He, uh, I mean, he is he is a typical Jew, um, and. Didn't have it all together. I mean, Jew Chad. I mean, just the idea of, you know, he's <laughs> he's out on the water, or Jesus is out in the water. He's like, Jesus, come to me. You know, if that's yeah. really you, you know, he gets out in the water. Then he starts to sink. Yeah. You know, like, because he starts doubting. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me, because you're literally standing on water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, I wonder what that feels like. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And then you have that moment of, like... Um, what a massage. Uh, you know, and then I, I talked about this on Sunday, like, he's... He took off the soldiers. I'm yeah. gonna. I'll die for you, Jesus. And then, like moments later, doubts. Yeah. Um. And even like middle. I like to call them middle school girls. They questioned him, and because they were, they were young little girls. Oh, they questioned Peter. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, aren't you're you that, the guy? Yeah. You're yeah. that Galilean that was with Jesus. He's like, no, I wasn't. And then Jesus sees him. Yeah. 
And, and then he's reminded, oh, Jesus did say I would do that. And then, again, 50 days later, whoosh, here he is. Mm. Like, to me, this is, the, again, another example of, like, I, I just don't know how you can sit here and say, yeah, this is human made-up stories because this would never happen in any human story. Right? We would always put ourselves as the hero of a story. Mm-hmm. We always do. Um, this is why people, like, you know, when they tell a story of, like, their childhood or something like that, or maybe not necessarily your childhood, but maybe in high school or something. And there might be truth to it, but they always embellish the story a little bit. I've done this. Mm-hmm. Like you stretch yeah. the story to make yourself look a little mm-hmm. bit better. That, that's not happening here. Because nobody wants to appear flawed. That's right. Everyone wants to feel like they have something put together. That's right. And that's why this story is so crazy because on one hand, Peter did all those things. And on the other hand... The Holy Spirit is now literally using him to speak to thousands. We, we know that 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day. And if 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day, we know that there were more than 3,000 people. Right. Like, not all of them did. So, I mean, he is preaching to his... This is the first Christian message after the resurrection. Yeah. The first one. And, and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day. So my question, I guess, to you guys is like, what was, what's your favorite part? Oh, that's easy. Go ahead. My favorite part is um, as all this is happening, right? And it says um, early in chapter two, uh, I'll just read it right here, uh, verses uh, three. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave, gave, gave them this ability. And then just a few verses later, okay? Peter is trying to address all these things that's going on. And the first thing he says is, these people are not drunk. That's my favorite part. Yeah, right. It's like, it's only nine in the morning. And you had to imagine <laughs> that he was trying to like win over the crowd a little bit. Like just like mm-hmm. make, 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 maybe like make a joke or make it laugh or maybe he was being serious. I have no idea. But that is my absolute favorite part. Because when we see angels appear throughout scripture and mm-hmm. they do these miraculous things okay or they're these glowing beings the first thing that the divine always say are um do not be afraid oh for right? sure yeah but when people are trying to explain people or when people are trying to explain the spirit yeah that's a good point pe- 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 people take it to a more realistic approach and they're like they're not drunk i promise yeah, like i don't know what's going this? on but you know yeah i just thought it was a really cool side of peter and I don't know. That was just my favorite part. Yeah, he's just trying to communicate what, what they're trying to see because mm-hmm. they don't understand it. Yeah, They've but then he goes this. on with this great message, too. Oh, yeah, But just sure. how it starts is just... Yeah. Abram, mm. what are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, I'm just reading through this a little bit, but I think the reality is, is what I see is... Um, I see probably my favorite. I already have it highlighted from previous reading, but... Verse 23 for me is really good. Uh, he, he finishes up like talking about God's endorsement of Jesus. And then it says, But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. Mm-hmm. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's the picture of uh, it's like just God uses <laughs> our brokenness really for his good. And I think it's a, it's a really interesting picture of Man, even even in our life today, think about things that we see as so, you know, awful. Like the people who are following Jesus, that situation was was awful for them. But mm-hmm. then, 
now in this message we we go down further right and we like it's not it doesn't end there it doesn't end there and i think that it's just an interesting i think for me is realizing that um number one peter is calling out these people for having a part in it and then also though he's saying hey gentiles you uh, and everybody else were in on this. Like we're, we did this because of who we are, and it's a bigger picture, I think, than just physically you nailed him to the cross. But it's this is what he is doing because of us. Yeah, and I think that he's just saying it to everybody. Yeah, I I joke about it because I I don't know, man. I would have loved to have been there. Like, and I said that on Sunday. I know that, but I'm like serious. Like that's one of those moments where you're just like. I'm sure the resurrection would have been cool. <laughs> I mean, it is the reason I'm a follower of Jesus, right? But, like, to see to see the Holy Spirit come down and do what he did, um, uh, not, I mean, he was already in them, right? He's already living in them, but now his power, and he's doing something to the human brain that only he can do. And, I mean, I know that's Peter's message, but you're sitting here like, how did that many people hear that? Yeah. So that's where I wonder if, like, they were scattered around, <coughs> and Peter's preaching it, and and then the disciples, or whoever's with them, because I think there was, like, 120 of them as well. Yeah. So they're scattered throughout, and they're just repeating what Peter's saying. You know, maybe that was the megaphone of the day. And, and I'm just sitting here like... My goodness, I think I would be like, this is the greatest thing. Knowing what I know now, though, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing what I know now to go back and just like, this is awesome. Because my favorite part was verse 36, although it's all really good, right? Joel, when he quotes Joel. um, But he says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified. Mm -hmm. Just making sure, by the way, you did that. Yeah, by the way. BT dubs to be to be both Lord and Messiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's making sure that he understands that he's sovereign, that Jesus is sovereign. He is Yahweh, and at the same time, he's Savior. Mm-hmm. So he did it all, and he's in charge of all. Yeah. Um. I don't know that. Uh, um. I think. There's times where I do struggle with doing what I do because sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling Liz the other day, like I even recently I've been struggling, like, you know, am I the right guy to continue to take people forward in this? And I think the reason is, is because like the whole New Testament is literally just this, though. It's the continuation of preaching the gospel. Like, you know, you're like, are people getting tired of this? Maybe. But at the same time, like, that's all they did, though. The whole New Testament was repent, follow, and help other people do the same. Mm-hmm. Re- <laughs> rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Like, over and yeah. over and yeah. over and over again. And I think the reality is is that I, I think I struggle with it because I'm like, what? there's got to be more. You know, what else can I help people do? And I'm like, there isn't anything else. I, I mean... I, I've been spending some more time in the Word and praying and fasting recently. Um, and it's really not a difficult message. It's just, 
It's the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that's the point, though, is that if if people were getting this, I think as a whole, um, I think our world would look different. Now, I'm not going to deny that there's evil in the world, that Satan's working, and, um, mm-hmm. um, and you know those following him, and the evil world. I I don't deny that too. So, but I am telling you, like his message is, it's this. If you pay attention to, like when we continue to go through Acts, and you'll watch what Stephen does, and then you watch mm-hmm. what Paul says in all of his letters, it is the same thing. Over and over and over and over again. Repent, be baptized, and go tell the world. Repent, be baptized, go tell the world. Of course, you know, we're discipling there. We're teaching you how to evolve. But at the end of the day, it's repent, be baptized, go tell the world. Repent, be baptized, go tell the world. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like there's this, this, this really beautiful simplicity about it. Yeah. But because it's so simple... That's what makes it hard. I'm not trying to sound profound. It's just it's just as weird because now you have to take that simple action, but you have to put it in every aspect of your life. And that's the hard part. That's yeah, that's right. At the workplace. This is why we got to talk about families yes, and marriages. All these and things. Mm-hmm. So it's like generosity. It's simple on serving. paper, but you will find it difficult in life. That's right. And I think that's why I like the line is that he says, Whom you cru- crucified both Lord and Messiah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he is in charge of everything in our life, and he's the one who also saved us. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, I wrote a question. Like, have you guys seen the story of Jesus literally change someone's life? Like, they were one person one way, and then they are completely different. I mean, that, like, they're not perfect. We, I understand all that reality, but <coughs> they were one way one time, and now they're different another another way. Have you guys seen that? Or may, that's maybe that's you. I have I have seen it, yeah. And um, excuse me for yawning. Um, the person that's on the forefront of my mind right now is a gentleman that's been coming to Avenue uh, for a few months now, and he and he he's, he's doing a lot with Celebrate Recovery, and he's been coming. I think he started coming from there, and then he made his way to Sun Sundays. Is William Lott, and oh, yeah. that man has shared um, an incredible testimony on one of our CR evenings, and um, I had a great privilege of being able to listen in on that and his past. It's not my story to tell, so I won't give details, but he literally is a perfect example of someone that was one way, yeah. you know, very against the church. How could God ever let something like this happen to fill in the blank, you know? And then Christ got a hold of him in the darkest part of his life, and that man is literally a new creation. Yeah. And what he's doing now is just amazing things. Yeah. You know, and his life, and he will tell you that his life is completely changed. Yeah. And uh, it's such an inspiring story. And if you ever get a chance to just shake hands with this man, you guys need to meet William Lott. The dude is so cool, and the dude is so humble. And um, yes, absolutely. That's really cool. I um, I wonder if, you know, you sit here and you wonder, like, that the uh, ripple effect then mm-hmm. yeah that that's going to continue to have because i think it's a beautiful picture of uh um one of those ripple effects in his life is his wife yeah, gave, gave her life to christ recently yeah. yeah and she's starting to get plugged in with different hey, things so i mean cool. literally changing history L- literally changing family bloodlines the it's, family it's tree is going to be transitioning yeah which is what's so awesome mm-hmm. i yeah. have some ideas too but i don't want to Take Abrams limelight. I'm still thinking. 
Okay, because I want to take it. Then. <laughs> like you think, but like I can sit here and tell you, like just just from the moment we launched Avenue five years ago, like I can sit here and throw you and throw out a number of names. I mean, people who were not Christians, mm-hmm. um, maybe believed in God, but like we're not Christians or we're not a part of a church. And I can just tell you name after name of some of these individuals um, of coming to know Jesus and watching God working there. Like I mean, Sydney's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nick's wife, you know, I, I just, I, I'm floored by that. So I, but I guess me, I want to go back to a time. He's in youth ministry now. Abram knows him, but he's one of my former students, uh, Landry, um, grew up in a very broken home. Um, didn't know his biological dad, um, lived with his mother, um, his mom and stepdad, I think eventually were divorced. And, but that was his. That's the dad he knew, and so he's always with him. But, again, broken lifestyle, um, even to the part where he started coming to our youth group. Um, I think he was a freshman when that started, and um, uh, then we didn't see him for a year, you know, and then he had another big moment where he was stopped by the police and for and for good reasons, and I cannot believe the grace this police officer gave him. Wow. But he was extended grace. He deserved to be in big trouble. Um, I mean, like felony trouble. Um, came back. We tried to get him to go to our international youth convention. I think mm-hmm. that year was in Denver. Okay. Um, so I mean, but this was way back in like 2012, and um, um, we paid his way. He didn't go. Oh, we were so mad. Um, wow. And, and then he had a life-changing moment that coming year and gave his life to Jesus. And now he's in youth ministry. He's a youth pastor in a church in the Toledo area. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so, I mean, just, it's amazing to me the things that God does that I will never understand. You know, how, how did you take a kid like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he has three kids. He's been married for a, a while now. They have a good marriage. <laughs> um, he's a good dad. Um, still growing, still learning, but yet he's a youth pastor and changing the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. Those are the stories that keep me motivated and keep me moving forward. And I, but I see them here at Avenue all the time as well. Mm-hmm. It's you, big dog. All right. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking, I got a friend. I got a friend named Michael Freeze, who you've met recently okay. uh, from Cedarville. Oh yeah. So yeah. so man, that kid is a story to tell because I remember when I first met him. It was when we were working at Chick Fil A. Uh, he's about a year. I think he's about a year younger than me, give or take, maybe a little more. But um, I have seen I have seen the good news <laughs> of Jesus come alive to him in a way that's really made me almost like, dude, I need to get on this. This kid's passing like through, uh, and. And I've seen it come alive to him um, because I think when we when he when he was working at Chick Fil A, uh, like this was man five years ago now when yeah. we first met, and you know he was like one of those kids that kind of like their their family said they were Christians, you know, but they didn't really have a church home and they didn't you know that kind of thing, and and they were good people, moralistic people, and stuff like that. So Michael like was kind of the same way. And, yeah. and and then, man, I remember like just having more and more conversations with him, you know, yeah. about things. And, uh, 
there was a switch, and I, I don't I don't know exactly when, but I know there was a time when when he was like, dude, I, I need to get serious about this. Mm-hmm. And when he got serious about that, that kid is dynamite. And this and this dude's a friend of mine, and he is funny because we 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 talk sometimes. He'll randomly send me a video talking about because he he's at Cedarville, so he's a nerd, and he's talking about like <laughs> Book of Ezra or something. And I'm oh, like, yeah. holy crap, this guy's pulling out some some <laughs> stuff here. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm over here getting the soft uh, Gospel of John and <laughs> and over here. And uh, it was funny though, but but he man, he has been an encouragement to me. Um, to see that, to see that, just the the passion he has uh, for the truth of God's word, not not making it what it isn't, but man, for for really loving it for what it is, and uh, and seeing that that transformation in his life, man, it's been wild. Yeah, so that's really cool. That's, that's somebody I got, and I, I hope everyone listening has a story like that, um, because those those are the stories that keep us fighting and moving forward. Like it's the watching what God continues to do in people that we never thought would ever give their lives over to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and now they are, you know, and, and not only that, they're they're active or they're serving or they're volunteering, uh, they're sharing their faith with others, you know, they're, they're generous, you know. Uh, just, I don't know, stories you won't see um, or experience. Or like, for example, as a youth pastor, as a youth pastor for a long time, and I think a lot of the... In, like I try to tell the adults all the time who would serve in youth ministry, like the impact you're making, you're probably not going to see, but it's going to be there. You know, 20 years from now, that will make a difference. You probably won't get to witness it or see it, but you got to stay faithful and know that this is going to make a ripple effect in the lives of people. Um, and I think that's what the message of Jesus gives us. Like Peter preaching that day, I can guarantee he didn't know this, all 3,000 people, and he probably never saw them again. But because, again, they came from everywhere and they went back to their communities and they probably started to tell people about the message they just heard and the Jesus that they just gave their life to, you know, mm-hmm. um, the things that he will never know that day that was going to occur to take place. And so, I don't know, it's a beautiful picture. Um, but I think this is what gets me to, uh, the, to me, the point, the point of the message. So in Acts two thirty seven, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. Obviously, we know that was the Holy Spirit working. Uh, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Right now, we know that it says later on, he says, Okay, here's what I want you to do then. Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? That's the, that's the gift. The gift is Him. When we give our lives over to Jesus, the gift is Him, to have a relationship with the Lord, Yahweh, mm-hmm. the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. So the question I always like to propose or ask is, are we living, um, are we sharing our faith in such a way that people around us are asking, what should we do? Mm. Yep, that is the question that makes most Christians silent. <laughs> um, it's true. It is very true, and it's and it's very heartbreaking when you really think about your own life, and because there's always an opportunity for you to be better, um, but you have to recognize that you're you you're probably not up to par on the majority of your life. Yeah, and there's things in my life too that I know that it's the idea of sanctification, right? Mm-hmm. 
Growing yeah. closer to Christ each and every day. Yeah. Like if someone were, um, well, back when I was playing shows in college, I've shared this many times, you know, one, one of the buddies that I played this a lot ton of music with, it was one late 2 a.m. Saturday night into the, the early bit of Sunday morning, and um, they all were going to another party, and I said, no, I probably got to get home. I got, I got to play for church in the morning. <laughs> and he said to me, and I've been playing music with him for almost a year now, and he said to me, oh, I never knew that about you, that you, that you went to church. And I prided myself on that comment because I was like, "Yeah, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a goody two shoes make you feel bad sort of a Christian. Yeah, I'm a right. cool Christian." <laughs> 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 and I now know that I was an awful. Christian. Yeah, that's, that's right. what that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sanctification. It's a long road. I don't uh, think we ever truly get there. I. Until we're dead. <coughs> well, I just want to say, like, this is the. This is the tension. Um, uh, it's the hard. Uh, I got to be careful because I, I desperately want people to see that following Jesus is um, important. It's enjoyable. We are to do. We are. We're going to talk about that this week. You know that we are to do fellowship. I mean, we're spending time with one another as Christ followers. But the reality is, is that that Jesus gives us one job description to go into the world and make disciples. That's literally the only job description he gives us. Hmm. Go tell people and teach them to follow me. Right? Like that's, that is it. That there's, there is nothing else he asks us to do. Everything else is just a relationship with him. And I say just, I don't, I don't mean to dumb down that part, but it's the idea that we are to be with him, to love our neighbor and to love him. Right? Hmm. To do the, um, to live out the two commandments, the greatest commandments. And, it, and this is the idea of learning to be. And I think the reason that so many of us can't, that people around us can't be like, oh, uh, what should we do? Is because if we're really honest with ourselves, the question is, are we really connected to the vine? Are we abiding in Christ? Because our relationship with Jesus um, is so significant that out of the overflow of my relationship with Jesus, this is why it gets easy to share my faith. It gets easy to tell other people about Jesus. It gets easy to serve. It gets easy to be generous. It gets easy to help others. Why is that? Because I'm spending my time with him and he's living out of the overflow of me, right? He's drawing all people to himself. And if that is true, then if I'm struggling with sharing my faith and my, if I'm struggling to uh, want to invite somebody, say, to quote-unquote church. You know, uh, if, I, if I'm, um, I don't know, if, um, if I don't talk to other people about Jesus in general or God and whatnot, it's probably because my lack of my relationship with Jesus is failing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the key because the reality is is that in that moment, Jesus, or Jesus, Peter and the apostles were Jesus for three years. He died. They were, oh no. And then after the resurrection, something significant changed. This is why the resurrection is that important because obviously something happened to where the apostles and the women who were with him were no longer like saddened and broken. Like they were like on fire. Mm -hmm. And then that day the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Well, it's because out of that Holy Spirit, Peter's like, let's go, you know, and um, 
and I think that's where the the struggle is, is that if we're not living out of our own relationship with God um, by being in the Word, by being together, by loving one another, by praying, by fasting, by doing the things that He calls us to do, then fear trickles in, and this is why we struggle to live our lives in such a way to where it helps other people to say, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to do what you're doing? What do I got to do to be a part of what you're doing? Um, and I think that's the downfall of our culture is because well, the idea of relationship and faith is based on just go listen to the pastor and that, that gets you your fill of Christianity. Yeah, that's true. I think that the downfall of it is realizing um, it's about more than, than just reading the Bible. Uh, it's about more than just throwing a scripture at somebody um, because like legalism or um, – I don't know what I want to say, like almost an oppressive spirit with Scripture really is not the intent. I mean, like obviously Scripture teaches us and it's for reproof and correction and those things, we know that, but yeah. it's not meant to, to just like beat somebody. Yeah. It's to say, man, like I want to tell you how awesome Scripture is because this is what it's revealing in my life. That is way better of a communicator than get punched in the mouth with this Scripture you're wrong, you're sinning, and and you're going to hell. Yeah. Those aren't necessarily untrue things. But, man, how you're communicating it is is a whole different ballgame. Like, if it's communicated in a, in a sense of, man, like, wow, it sounds like you actually know this. Like, yeah. it sounds like this is actually real to you. Like, if it's not real to you, then people don't care about Scripture. It's not. It's not until it's real to your life that anybody wants to hear about what it's what it is, what it's doing. Can I, um, I'm going to be a little vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Um, I struggle in my position, not as a senior pastor. I struggle in my position as a pastor. That a lot of times when I'm in the community, um, I I wonder if like, sometimes I wonder if it's because, I, you know, I am outspoken about my faith, maybe on social media or, or in the community, things like that, right? And I, I always wonder with people who go to church or who are part of Avenue, like, and I happen to show up and say it's in a public setting of some sort, you know, picking up kids from schools and um, uh, soccer events or sporting events or I'm in a grocery store or whatever it is. And I see people. And I always wonder, like, are they embarrassed to be around me? Hmm. I struggle with that. Wow. Because I don't want to... Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I, I, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. I, but I wonder if like, I, you know, I hope I don't make people uncomfortable just because I'm around, or people can't be themselves, and, uh, you know, or if because I am a pastor, like, oh, you know, like. I'm at this point, I'm at this place because of my position sure. and other, other people are around me and they're like, well, I'm not a pastor. And so sometimes I, you know, I'm like, um, do I, do I portray guilt, you know, that on people or do they're like, okay, Nate, no, listen, I get, it, you know, but I'm a regular person. I have a normal job. I have normal kids, you know, whatever that means. But, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a pastor and I'm not in ministry. And so I wonder like, 
you know, do people get uncomfortable around me? And, um, you know, or, again, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just weird because I, you know, I desire to have relationships with people and friends, but it's just not the same Mm -hmm. because I feel like people have to be somewhat different around me. And I think on one hand, that's a good thing. They should want to be more like Christ. And on the other hand, but I'm like, but are you doing it for my sake? Or are you doing it because this is who you are? And, mm-hmm. uh, or do you just like, oh, I got to, you know, I don't want to be. Um, or on the opposite side too, like, do you want to be my friend because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. know me or know of me? And yeah. like, so, I mean, those are the things that I struggle with in our community, like not just our community, but in general. Um, do you ever get to the point where like you're at dinner with somebody or whatever, or maybe it's like your first time sitting down with them and like everyone like is afraid to touch their plate. Like, <laughs> okay, Nate's here. Does that mean that we're praying this time? Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, like that weird feeling. That's yeah, you're right. like the chief. You're like the chief of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not Or like, works. yeah, if we are in a community of some sort, then it's me that always has to pray yeah. or like, mm-hmm. well, why? I think Don't that you just love comes Jesus with the territory. Too? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I get what you're feeling. Um, I, I will sometimes feel that way if I'm, out of res- if I'm out at a restaurant and I like to have a beer, even when I'm out in public. <laughs> sure. And then like if I run into someone at church and they, if they've never seen me with a beer before, there like, is a ah. small little piece of me that's like wondering... I wonder how what they think about me having a beer. You yeah, know? you know me being the worship pastor of their church. You know, yeah. but the people that know me know that I don't abuse it or anything like that. But it's like the people that don't really know me. I mean, I could see how they can make an assumption of. Yeah. You know why is a pastor doing that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, because on one hand, I want them to, I want people to see me as Nate. Mm-hmm. But I, but at the same time, I want the, I want people to see Christ in me. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I just. It's just it's just weird. It's just at times weird because I feel like it's just a I don't fit in in this world, and I wish I did. I mean that's the flesh in me, but um, I don't know because I I enjoy spending time with people. Um, you know I like spending time with people that have different uh, theological stands than I do. I like spending time with people that um, have different loves than I do. Um, I love spending time with people that like to talk about different things, um, but it's just, it, it doesn't happen very often. Mm. And so mm, it's just an interesting thought I was having um, because I want to live my life in such a way that people are asking, you know, what do I have to do to follow Jesus? Uh, but I don't want to live my life in such a way that people are afraid yeah. to be themselves as well. I think it's a very... I think it's a very, very humanistic trait that we all want to be liked. I think that's a. I think that's across the board. I have not met a single person yet that's like I don't want to be liked. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody like that. You, you, you know what I mean. But it's like when you take that into a, I'm going to change who I really am to gain the approval of somebody else, and that's when you need to correct ask questions. That's right. Or if you're trying to people please, you know, which I've been guilty of that, you know. So it's like you got to be yourself. And I understand why people use the phrase live unapologetically. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but then you have to see, too, well, look at what Paul did. When Paul was in, went to a certain area, he, he writes very op- openly that he looked like the people of that time. He cut his hair. He dressed a certain way. He ate the food that they ate. Yeah. He t- talked the way that yeah. they talked. 
That's right. When he was with the Jews, he'd become like a Jew to yeah. win the Jews. When mm-hmm. he was Rome, Romans, he'd be like the Romans to reach the Romans. And see, but that's the key, to reach them. Yeah. You know, he became like them to reach them. Yeah. He didn't become like them to guilt them. Yeah. He didn't become like them to look good to them. Yeah. To reach them. That's right. So I guess maybe that's what we need to reflect on. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's the key. Uh, again, I'm really excited about this Sunday because it brings... Peter's message to a culmination of saying, okay, so here's what we do. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think this is where I wish all Christians would understand this reality. So um, I shared that quote from Dr. R. Albert Moeller. Um, um, I've shared a few of his before. Um, he's got some good some good literature out there. Anyways, he wrote, he said, that is how God's spirit works. He's talking about this moment. And he says, he, God, meaning he empowers God's people to preach God's word in order to pro- proclaim God's gospel. Let me talk about that. He, empower- he empowers God's people, so that's the Spirit, right, moving in us and through us, uh, to preach God's Word. So that means we have to um, know it. Like, we got to tell people about it um, in order to proclaim God's gospel, His life, death, and resurrection. And as they do this, the Spirit brings others to repentance and faith and grows God's church. And so I, I think that's the part that I'm trying to help the church understand is that this isn't just a pastor's thing on Sunday morning. All of us, every single one of us, are called to proclaim and to preach God's word to the world. Some of us do that one-on-one. Some do that in little groups. Some do that in tiny gatherings. And some do that in large gatherings. And some do that because it's God's calling for the overall thing. But that was the whole point of Joel, uh, when he quoted Joel. Like, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So pro- pro- prophecy is teaching. Mm-hmm. That's what prophecy is. It's teaching. Um, in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I think that's where I'm like, okay, Christians, come on. Like, let's do this. We have to tell the world. Um, again, regardless of where you stand on any theological um, understanding of, uh, of how God works and how God interacts and how God leads and directs and, in this world, the reality is, is that still all of us have to preach His Word so that others can know who He is, repent, and turn to Him. But that's that's on that's on the Father to do that. That's on the Holy Spirit to do that. Our job is to be faithful and obedient and do it with love because we actually want to see all people come to know Him as Lord and Savior. Because that's the that's that is the heart of the Father. And if that is the heart of the Father, as Scripture tells us, um, then at the same time, our job is to be obedient because that is His heart. And if that is His heart, it should be our heart. And we want our friends and relatives and loved ones to know Jesus. Um, and sometimes that means you need to be praying like crazy. You need to be fasting and asking God, if it's not you to proclaim this message to a person who doesn't know Jesus, then man, you need to be praying and fasting that God will put somebody else in their life to do that while you are hopefully a prayer of somebody else's in another person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I think that's the whole point of that, that day. Peter just you could tell that's the heart of the Father mm-hmm. that day because the Holy Spirit came upon them and 3,000 people gave their lives over to him that day. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the, Peter's message is 
hard at times, difficult to under, to um, to listen to, and at the same time, like, whew, he's got my heart though. What do I got to do? Yeah, it's really good. And so, it's really good. I think that's the message of the church, and that we need to keep that message in light of the church moving forward. Mm-hmm. Not like just Avenue, but the church. Yeah, worldwide church. Capital C. Yeah. Speaking of moving forward. What do you want to tell our listeners about next Sunday? Yeah, so next Sunday are, uh, what is that, five verses, 42 through 47? Is that right? 42, 43, 45, I don't, I don't six, have it seven. Up. Yeah, six verses. So I had to count it in my head. <laughs> it, it, is, it is, in my opinion, as a church, the most important sentences in the entire Bible. Wow. Um, well, there you go, guys. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna we ended the we ended with a question: What is our job? Mm-hmm. This is our job. So Peter preached. Yep. People gave their life to Jesus. People are still giving their life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, now what is our job? And he nails it in the first sentence, and then explains it through the next five. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Well, we want to encourage you guys uh, that were with us or not with us last Sunday. Come this week. Yeah. Sunday mornings, 9 o'clock and 11 at Avenue Church in Mansfield, Ohio. Sunny Mansfield. Sunny Mansfield. Although on Monday it rained and and snowed and cold. Yeah, we we literally had all four seasons last week. Oh, my gosh. Um, But yes, join us, and then we will uh, be with you guys again next Wednesday for the next episode of Beyond the Row. Again, we would really love to get um, some feedback from you guys, whether it is commenting, liking, subscribing, reviews, questions, whatever you guys have. Send them our way. And we would love to discuss that with you. Abe, you got anything to close out? Hmm. In the great words of Kobe Bryant, what's there to be happy about? Is the job finished? I don't think so. (laughs) There you go. Job's not done. Job's not done. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great week. Be blessed.